We have heard many stories of frontline workers, first responders, volunteers. It's all over the news. Social media talks about them. But what about people working in the background? The janitors, people from the facilities team, administrative staff, who didn't have the privilege to work from home. They had to show up for work every single day. It's a thankless job. In today's episode, I speak with two foremen, Richie and Nestor, who are hourly union supervisors who have been coming to Stytown every day during the lockdown. Stytown has over 110 buildings, 11,000 apartments. During a time when people were scared to step out of their apartments, when people were scared of touching surfaces in fear of contamination, these men and their team of 160 people were religiously wiping down surfaces, keeping the premises clean while putting their own lives at risk. This is their story. Hello and welcome to Heroes of New York, a podcast about everyday heroes who have refused to let the pandemic stop them from serving others. In every episode, I will introduce to you someone who has risen about the odds to uplift people around them. I'm your host, Anu Senan. Richie Nestor and Malcolm, welcome to Heroes of New York. It's a true pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, it's amazing the work that you do. You are taking care of a campus or a community that has around 110 buildings. And during the lockdown, especially in March, you know, the beginning of all of this, when people were really scared to even step out, you were coming in every single day to take care of this property. How was this experience for you and your team? My name is Richard. Everybody calls me Richie on the property. And I'm working over here more than 24 years now and blessed to working in this job, this environment and with this group of the people where they, all of them, like they look for everybody for each other and they unselfish. And so, you know, like a down to earth and working hard every day. So my experience, it's something else. And I can say, Proudly, like my team, my guys, what they capable to do, how they adjust is just amazing because how unselfishly they came on an everyday basis and they take care of the other families living over here and their responsibility, they take their responsibility coming in and do their best. It's amazed me. So I'm very proud to work with that kind of team. I'm Nestor Kabasa. I've been working in Peter Cooper Village, Stuyvesant Town for 22 years. And when it comes to the pandemic, when it went on in March, it was very, very scary for everyone, for all the working people here, for the families, for our families. It was a really tough time. But day by day, we watched the news like everyone else. And I'm proud of the team. Everyone came in every day. Everyone came in. And the team actually, them coming in, gave myself uh, as one of the leaders the strength to come in every day here and work. And we had ups and downs with our teammates. We lost a teammate during the pandemic, which was a really, really rough time. And once we lost that teammate, man, I thought to myself, man, no one's going to come into work. And when I came in, we found out on a Saturday, right, Richie? Mm -hmm. uh, on a Saturday. Saturday. And um, Monday, when I came into work, everyone came in mm -hmm. with tears and crying and the pain. All the years we worked with Zach on the job, but everyone came in. And 
there was when I said, man, like, we're blessed to have amazing guys like this, even with all the fear, how everyone still came in because we had a duty to do here in Stavison Town and this place is important to us. And that's why we were here. My name is Malcolm Stansel, Director of Environmental Services. Proud to work with guys like Nestor and Richie, who are foremen for the Porters. You know, we had a big challenge beginning in March, even before the city knew what was going on. I'll, I remember we had a meeting. We were planning out staffing. What do we do if we can't get everyone into work? How do we keep our teams safe? All the additional work they're going to have to do in terms of disinfecting, touch points. We've also been spray fogging areas and wiping down areas. And, you know, we started, the first thing we did was put up uh, hand sanitizer dispensers. And, you know, all of us were kind of talking privately, like this is going to be a big deal. And we never even really expected it to be what it was. And I don't know globally if anyone really knew, right? But with leaders like this, no matter what, the new directive was what the new assignment was they took it and just ran with it and they set such a great example for their team to follow because we were doing more with less and and we're going through high stress people were taking public transportation a lot of people like we talked about zach rest in peace zach of course but a lot of people had loved ones at home that were sick and passed and one of our other colleagues and another manager, his he got sick, his wife got sick and passed. So we were all affected very closely personally, but everyone to a person relied on each other and we all found strength within each other to come in every day. And, you know, I, I owe a lot of it to these two guys right by my side because not only are they foremen, they're also shop stores who represent their union members, and they set an example for leadership that in all my career in hospitality and property management, I've never worked with a couple leaders like this that just get it, have the pride, and set the example for the guys in the way that they do. So very proud to work with them, and hopefully we don't have another high-pressure situation like this. But, you know, they've gone through all sorts of stuff, whether it was Sandy, Hurricane Sandy or COVID. I mean, these guys are the guys that when things get ugly, I want them in my foxhole. So proud to work with them. My condolences. It's very difficult to lose someone you know for a long time, especially during a very difficult phase. I still remember receiving that newsletter from Rick about Zach's mm -hmm. passing away. And I'd never met him, never seen him. But I could I think it was one of the darkest days for me, too. You know, and as a community, we mourned his passing away. So I totally get it. But I mean, this was the work that you do and how you motivate others to come in when you yourself don't know what's in store is it talks volumes about your character and integrity. So thank you so much. I really feel very honored to know you. And every day we dare to step out, I would, you know, silently be appreciating that. Oh my God, our lobbies are so clean, our premises are so clean and well-kept. There, there are people who are willing to risk their lives to take care of this place. So very thankful Thank to you. be living here. It's, it's our pleasure. I'll give you how scary it was. Myself, I'm at home and my son, Junior, Nesta Junior, says one day, Dad, why do you have to go to work? And I said, well, you know, I got a duty to do. And there's people that count on me. So I have to be at work. I have to go to work. And 
he didn't find it. He said, that's not fair. It's not right. And there's times where I went home. When I get home, he gives me a hug. And there's times where I thought to myself, should I be hugging him? Because I didn't know if I brought something home with me or not. At that time, my son got up every day at 5 o'clock in the morning. And it touches me to this day that my little boy got up every day at 5 o'clock in the morning to see me leave the house. Every day he got up for months. 5 o'clock in the morning and saw me, gave me a kiss and told me he loved me every day. I just couldn't believe it. And that's how it was in my household. Things changed. I would come home in the afternoon and I would get undressed in my backyard, put my clothes in a black bag. And I still do to this day. Put it in a black bag, throw it in the washing machine. Cause I, and then I don't touch anyone. No one touches me. I go in the shower. When I come out the shower, then everybody comes and gives me a hug and a kiss. And I kiss my wife and my kids and even the dogs. And that's just the routine. That's the new normal that mm -hmm. I live. And I'm pretty sure a lot of families live mm -hmm. that. For me, I know everyone is home. My wife works from home. The kids are home. And my fear is that I will be the one to bring something home and get one of them sick. And that's why I do the things I do until today, the same way, I guess, until this is over with, if, if it's ever over with. It's exactly in my family the same way. It's just my kids is like a 24 and 20, so they don't wake up for me for five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, but anyway, with me, it's the same thing, same routine. Like when I come home, even before anything, I have stripped because thankfully we have a house with the backyard, like nobody see me. And uh, I have to strip on the backyard and just go straight to the shower. Then my wife, she don't even allow me to do anything before I'm going to be take a shower and then change and everything goes to basically like a normal routine after that. Right. But I got to say like, uh, I'm with my wife, like, uh, for now over 27 years together. And, uh, that was the time. That's what I remember. Everybody got the upside downs, of course, but, uh, we pretty much good team. And that was the first time ever when, she was frustrated with me. And I can see that, that she was totally frustrated because she always questioned me why you have to go to the work. You have PTO 80 hours. You can stay home. You can stay home without the pay. I don't care. Just please stay with me. You only want what he's traveled from New Jersey. Why would you do that? You know, it's something like, uh, when I told her back, maybe, from the beginning, she didn't understand, but later on, she get it. Because I asked her on that question, like, uh, listen, if I'm not coming to work, if I'm not show up as a leader, how these guys, they're going to be looking at it. They need to see me every day. They need to see me that I'm okay. They need to see me that I move on and I'm flexible and I'm responding to situation. They have to see that because they're looking for that. They need that. They need that rock. The same way like you and boys, they look it up to me that I'm your rock and you need that. They need it too. So we need that together. I'm here for you. Absolutely. But you have to understand that I have to be there for them too. We didn't even have to say it to each other or think it. It's just 
we had to set the example, you know, even though, and I know Nestor and I talked about this, even though at times we were freaking out inside, we had to, we actually had meetups secretly, me and Nestor. Because we, when I first came here, I'll give you a little history. I, I started in, as the Peter Cooper section manager working directly with Nestor two years ago when I came in, my office has changed. So we don't have the same level of interaction with Nestor and Richie as well. We still interact every day, but it's not like eight hours, nine hours a day together. So we would have little private meetups where we would both freak out and no one would know. So we could just be honest with each other and be like, I'm really scared. Me too. And no one had to know about it. But then when we got it off our chest and we said, all right, let's put on, let's put on our uh, game face again and go out and support the guys because everyone was going through it. And I think the porters looked up to us, but we also leaned on their support by them coming in every day. And the whole team as a whole kind of, even without trying, by coming in every day, being consistent, understanding that the job was going to get harder, right? Besides the stress level, just more stuff to do in the day, more stuff to do in the day, priorities changing. We all leaned on each other and it just naturally became the new norm. And it, it, it actually, you know, I had thought it was going to be a tough sell to kind of get the guys up to speed to where we need to be. And it really wasn't. It was just, here's your new disinfectant. Here's what we need you to do. And okay. And okay. And every day, every day, the guys did the same and kept coming in. And so that, that's the most impressive thing. But I think all of us secretly had this little freak out going on. (laughs) And we never shared it because we knew we had to be strong for the team. Yeah. The level of pride that the porters have for their work shows in your building, I know, but shows all across the property. I've been here for two years. These are two guys with over 20 years here. We have guys on the team who have closing in on 40, our, our mm-hmm. most senior members at 39 years, first job out of high school, right? But loyalty and pride, loyalty to the property and pride for the community that they take care of is a big thing with not just our team, we like to talk about our team, which is the porters, but the tradesmen, mm-hmm. women, all the operations people, you know, this is a special place and you see it in the way that people do their work and the way that people stay here, you know, for long term. It's very few places you can kind of identify these days that people stay there for the long haul, right? You know, when I think of my father's generation. He's a guy who worked at one company for 45 years, right? But these days, that doesn't happen so often. Yeah. This is one of those special places that a lot of the men and women who work here, they're here for the long haul. And it says a lot about the community and it says a lot about the team around them. So. One day of these times, you know, like uh, it was right after we lost the uh, Zach, I'm riding back home on the train and I see the phones. It's like vibrating, and I see the on the ID that's one of the, our CEO, the Kelly, he's calling me. So I freak out. I freak out because if he's calling me, that means it's something really like a, something happened. And I was deciding like a, I'm not gonna be take that phone even as a CEO because on the train I don't want to be emotional. I don't want to be you know like a starting freak out or screaming on the phone. I didn't know what to expect. 
So I'm thinking like, a, you know what? Let's go. When I leave the train, I will call him right back. So right after the train left, I step out from the train. I dial his number and I'm calling him and I said, Kelly, what's going on? I'm sorry I didn't answer, but I was on the train. I don't want to speak in front of the, some people. What's going on? And he goes, I love you. And I said, what? <laughs> he goes, I love you. I just want to let you know. I love you. <laughs> and I say, you know, that was so awkward, funny, but I appreciated that call a lot because it says, it meant with the two words, I love you. <laughs> and it, he says, oh, he says, oh. And that's what I kind of, you know, like I think... This is kind of like a leadership comes from the top to bottom because when he calls me and he give me that call, that's what give me boost for the next day again. And that's something what I go then to the next guy, you know, I pass it on that message. So thank you so much. This was an amazing walk through memory lane. There were the ups, the downs. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting to hear the work that you do. We all hear about frontline workers. It's very rare to hear stories about people like you and your team and the work that they actually do and how important it is. Mm-hmm. Had it stopped for a day, we would have known. <laughs> but you never let that happen. So thank you so much. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening to Heroes of New York. This is the first part in a two-part story. Stay tuned for the second part, which covers how Richie and Nestor worked with students with special needs from PS226 to help clean the premises of Peter Cooper's Stuyvesant Town. Thank you. Thank you.